Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Well, here we are in week two of gathering in a very different way. Uh, Now, believe it or not, actually months ago, uh, we scheduled that I would uncharacteristically share these two weeks in a row, and so um, we didn't know that all of this was coming, uh, and it's just kind of timed out in a really unique way, but as we get started, I just want to assure you, don't worry, uh, we still have a preaching team, we will be hearing from the preaching team as we go on, uh, but I am excited to be able to share as we are heading into this really interesting and unique time to be the body of Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel already just emotionally exhausted from the roller coaster of what the past few weeks have been. Uh, It seems like about every 12 hours or so, uh, the situation is all new, all new, all new, all new. I feel like I'm kind of constantly trying to to catch my footing. Uh, It has been intense, and I know we are continuing to face a changing situation and uncertain times ahead. Um, At the very least, like me, I would imagine you're probably emotionally feeling the roller coaster, maybe feeling depleted. Um, I know we have uh, potential financial difficulties, maybe even physical uh, danger ahead that uh, we are all wrestling with. This is kind of a unique time. And if you're like me, you're asking this question, how are we going to get through this? My goodness. Well, I think the answer is we are going to get through this by we getting through this together. Um, This is a time where we're going to have to learn how to be a little more intentional with some of these things uh, that we call church. Learn how to uh, support one another, draw the strength off of one another that we need to get through this hard time. I don't know that there has ever been a time where it's so important to be part of a body of faith, to be part of a community that can can build you up, that can support you, that can um, pray for you when that's what you need. Um, This is a critical time to to be the church. And yet, it's also a time when learning how to do this church thing together, it just feels like we're back to a blank slate. Almost everything that we're used to, almost everything that is normal, is, uh, feels like it's just about out the window. And so what I want to talk about today is this. How can we continue to be the church that we desperately need in these uncertain times? How can we be the saints together? That's what we're going to explore in our time together today. Let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you that you are still uh, Lord in the midst of our very crazy and chaotic feeling circumstances. I ask God that in in this time, and for the rest of our gathering here today, would you gather with us? Would you be with us? Would your peace, God, come upon each and every one of us in each and every place, Lord, that we are experiencing this together? We ask that you would um, strengthen us, God, that you would stabilize us, and that you would show us the road forward in this uncertain, turbulent feeling time. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that we can still look to you as king. And we ask that you will be present with us today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Well, I want to start today with kind of an interesting question. And that question is this, what is the church? You know, we, we need to continue to participate, to continue to be the church in this really crazy time. Uh, but it's not going to look like what we're used to it looking like. And so what, what really are we aiming for in the midst of all of this? Well, when we ask that question, likely the, the first thing that may come to mind is, um, you know, some, some very concrete things. It might be a building that we're used to gathering together in. Uh, it might be uh, a group of people that we're used to having relationship with and, uh, and interacting with as we, uh, as we do this thing called church. It might be, it might be something else. Um, but whatever it is that we think of, the church has come in many shapes and in many sizes over the two, uh, two millennia that it has been in existence. And because we're in a time when the way we're going to do church is going to have to look a little different for a while here, I think it's important that we understand what is it that we are trying to create here. <laughs> because if we can create that thing together, it will be the bedrock of strength and support that we need in these chaotic times. And so what is the church? Well, if you look up the word itself and you like, you know, dig through um, the original language, you'll see that the word that is uh, translated as church in the New Testament, uh, it's a word pronounced something like ekklesia. I'm no Greek professional, but um, the word itself, and I think we're going to put it up here. I'm going to try and motion to the invisible graphic over my, over my shoulder, right in this area here, right, right, right in there that I can't see it, but you can. Um, the word itself is translated church about 115 times. And the, the definition, the meaning, the core of the idea is uh, a gathering, an assembly, a, a kind of coming together of people. And so you say, oh, okay, the church is about coming together. And then you say, well, what coming together is that? <laughs> and this is where things get uh, a little complicated. Now, we might think, okay, well, it's the coming together that we're used to thinking about on, say, you know, a typical weekend. We gather together with however many other people, and we worship, and we fellowship together, and and then we kind of go go throughout our weeks, and we know we're going to gather together the next uh, the next weekend. And I think that is totally fair and, and an element of uh, what church is. But when you begin to look through the New Testament, this idea of what is the church is a little hard to pin down when you start asking what gathering or which gathering is it. Now, there is certainly the idea of what we are used to thinking about, the kind of weekend experience of a local church, but there's a bunch of other things that are mixed in there as well. Uh, here's a few examples. So in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 19, a portion of the verse reads this, uh, Aquila and Prisca together with the church in their house send you hearty greetings in the Lord. Now, this passage is clearly implying a, a church that is uh, connected to a household, and it's not portraying the sort of organization type church that we're, we may think of first, it's saying this is a church that lives in a house. And so you go, okay, well, is, which, which, what, what, what is the church then? I'm confused. Well, it turns out it gets even more complicated. In Acts 9, 31, um, it says this, so the church, not the church is, the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria. So this is a church of three regions together, Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, 
had peace and was being built up. And so this is a church throughout a region, kind of an extended region, actually three sub-regions. Okay, well, interesting. In, in Ephesians 5.25, um, Paul giving these instructions says this, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Well, which church is, is Paul talking about there? He's actually talking about like the, the, the church throughout the whole world, throughout the whole ages. He's not talking about a church in a house or a region or, or a local congregation. He's talking about like the universal church of, uh, of all time and, and all people. And so it's, it's, it's confusing because you see this idea of gathering that tends to get applied in a whole bunch of different Context And so it's like, what, what gathering are we talking about? What is the church? This is confusing. And so what we can do sometimes is we can actually kind of give up a little bit and, and we, can, we can sort of redefine the term. This is something I actually hear a lot uh, coming out of, uh, of people who share. They'll say things like this. The, the church isn't a place, it's a people. And uh, I want to suggest, actually, the idea is kind of generally right, but that's actually not quite what the New Testament is talking about when it talks about the church. When we, when we give up on that, we say, well, the church is it's, it's a people. It's the collection of Christians, say. Um, we change the idea from gathering or assembly to people group, a population. And the reason I, I, I don't love that idea is there is already a term in the New Testament that describes the group of believers. It's called the saints. That's the term that gets used in, in the New Testament. And so often, um, you know, uh, the letters are written to the saints and so-and-so, the saints and so-and-so. And, and so there, there is a term for the people who are saved. It's the saints. The church is not that term. So what is happening here? Well, I think, um, I think that there's a, a nice key for us that comes out, um, and you can see it clearly in, in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1, uh, verse 2. This is indeed right in the introduction of the book, and Paul is writing, and he says this. He says, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. When Paul is talking about the Corinthian church, he goes, guys, here is the, here's what it means to be the church of God in Corinth. It doesn't mean just to be the saints. I'm not writing to the saints in Corinth. I'm writing to people that are called to be the saints together. It's the saints together, this idea of togetherness that is important for this idea of church. That's why the together, gathering, assembly, all of these ideas are kind of fitting together in, 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 um, in this concept of church. And so, okay, the idea is the church together. How then does it make sense that we're talking about, you know, the church and house, the church and region, the church as a congregation? Like, how does all that work? Well, let's back up a little bit and let's, let's talk about an idea that will help clarify this. I want to introduce to you uh, a concept that you may or may not have heard of, uh, but as soon as you uh, hear what it is, you'll start to begin to see this concept uh, alive in the world all around you. And that is the idea of what is called a holon. 
Now, a holon uh, comes from uh, philosophy. It's a, it's a term that isn't one we typically use in the church, uh, but it's used to describe something that is simultaneously a whole, has its own being, its own uh, individual being, and yet it is also a part at the same time. Something that is simultaneously a whole and a part is something that we call uh, a holon. Now, let, let, to, to illustrate, let, let's talk through a, a couple of examples real quick, because I know this idea may feel uh, pretty abstract. So one of the, one of the uh, examples that doubtless you're familiar with uh, comes up in terms of language. Now, um, we're going we're gonna to draw a picture here of a bunch of kind of uh, circles embedded within one another. And this is a helpful way that we can draw these holon things. Each circle represents a holon, something that is both a whole and yet also uh, a part. And so you can see here, when it comes to language, um, at the base level, the, the sort of smallest holons are, are letters. Letters are, uh, have their individual being independent of other letters. You can learn letters by themselves, they stand alone. We have a whole ABC song about them. And so letters are a whole, and yet, more often than not, they're a part. They're a part of something bigger, a, a word. And in a word, what you do is you, you take a, a bunch of individual letters and you put them together, and together, they become something that's more than the sum of the parts. Together, they, they hold a meaning that is richer than the meaning of the individual letters. And so the word itself is a whole of meaning. And yet, that whole is probably also a, a part, because words are usually stacked together in sentences. And those sentences also convey a level of, of meaning that goes beyond the words. When you put a bunch of words together, there's a, there's an, a meaning that emerges that is more than the sum of the parts for each of these words. And so um, letters uh, are a, a whole that is a part of words, which is a whole that is a part of sentences. And, and you can keep going. Sentences are usually parts of paragraphs, which hold a, a broader sense of meaning. And, and sometimes those are parts of, say, chapters or books and, and so forth and so on. Um, you know, we can only draw three here, but the, the chain kind of continues as it goes. And so you can see language is built on uh, this, this idea of holons, things that are holes and parts. Um, let's look at a, a biological example real quick. Um, the same kind of thing happens when we look at uh, the way organisms uh, work together and, and interact to make up uh, broader uh, biological uh, things. And so plants and animals, for example, are individual. They each have their own existence. But collectively, they make up something that we usually call a habitat, you know, a, um, a forest or a swamp or a desert or whatever. And these habitats collectively make up ecosystems, which are, you know, these collections of these things. And, and, and so you can see, again, we have these kind of holes and parts and holes and parts dynamic. And it turns out that if you, if you look at the world around us, um, this thing is happening all the time. I would, I would suggest that God loves to organize things these way, this way. He's, he's constantly creating these kind of whole part things. I mean, look at us biologically. You know, you can think about like our cells and our tissues and our organs and our organ systems and our bodies. You know, each of these are kind of holes that are parts that all stack into each other and, and have this sort of whole on type structure. Okay, so, so this idea is kind of cute, right? But why are we talking about this and what does it have to do with church? 
Well, it turns out this holon idea is connected to the way our social systems work. So let's look at an example that we're, we're probably familiar with. Individuals um, are a part, uh, or a whole, sorry, that is a part of something broader, a social system. We could call a family. We'll use family here. There's all kinds of other ones. You could think about work groups. You can think about uh, roommates. You can think about all kinds of different things. But the idea is individuals are parts of something broader, a family. And those families are usually parts of something broader. In the context of living, we'd say part of a neighborhood. Or um, depending on the extended family system. Sometimes families are part of an extended family. That is a bunch of families kind of coming together. And so um, these, these holons are connected to the way relationships work with us. And that's going to be the kind of entry point into understanding the church. But first I want to give just a couple of more interesting observations real quick about these holon things. And then we'll look at how this connects to the church. Now the first thing is this. This term holon actually comes from a Greek word halas. And that ha the word halas means whole. And uh, believe it or not, this word halas comes up in the Bible a bunch of times. And it is this, this word is connected to this idea of, of holons. Now, the definition isn't formally there. But if you look at the way that the word whole is used in the Bible, it's used in this kind of holon type idea. Let's look at a couple of examples just real quick. In Matthew 22... Um, we see this passage, you're, you're, you're likely familiar with it, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 37, Jesus says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all, that's halas, the whole of, I might even say the holon of, your heart, and with the holon of your soul, and with the holon of your mind. What's happening here? Jesus is saying this, if you want to love Jesus or if you want to love the Lord with all that you are, with the whole of yourself, then these are the parts that you love him with. You love him with the parts, the whole of the part that is your heart and your soul and your mind. If you love God with these parts, you will love God with the whole of who you are. It's actually this whole on idea in action. Um, in, in Matthew 4, we see another example describing Jesus' ministry, and it uses, again, this, this whole idea, but geographically. So here we see this, and he, Jesus in the context, went throughout the whole of Galilee. Uh, it's often translated all, but the whole of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction uh, among the people. And so his fame spread throughout the whole of Syria, and they brought him the sick, those afflicted with various pains and diseases, oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. What's happening here? The Bible is talking about uh, Jesus filling up these geographical holons. His activity fills up Galilee. His reputation fills up Syria. Um, this, this whole part idea is something that is embedded in the scriptures. Okay, now, last idea, and then we'll come back to the church. What's fascinating about these holon things is that as the parts make up a new whole, what happens is that new whole is usually more than the sum of the parts. There's emergent things that, uh, that, that kind of come as a result of the system that, that are richer than the constituent parts. 
Uh, think about the, the letters that become words, which have much more meaning than the letters do, or the words that become sentences. Or even, you know, our, our tissues, which function as organs, much more than our tissues could do. Or our organs, which make up our bodies, which are much more rich than our bodies can do, or than our organs can do individually. This idea of an enriching happens as the parts form a whole. And this is exactly what happens in our social systems, in our social holons. Think about just, just pick, pick a social uh, holon in your mind right now that you often interact with. Maybe it's a work group that you are regularly interacting with. Maybe it's your family or your classroom or whatever, whatever context is something that is familiar for you. If you think about that social group, my guess would be there's things like this. There's, there's probably a general uh, sort of attitude or culture to that social group. Um, there may be a, a unique mindset or set of values to that social group. Uh, there's probably things like inside jokes that that group understands and sort of shares among themselves, but don't really make sense outside of that group. Um, in, in the case of a, a work group specifically, there might be a sense of a collective synergy or momentum or not, the, the lack of that. All of these things, if you stop and you think about it and you say, where do those things live? Where does the culture come from? Where do the inside jokes live? The answer is they, it, they live in us. They don't really live in any single one of us. The inside joke kind of lives between us because I get it and you get it and our group gets it. It, it lives in, in the system, not just in us individually because if I carry that inside joke to another place, it's not gonna make any sense. These, these things are, are emergent properties. They're the, more than the sum of the parts. And it is this which makes community so enriching to us. You see, we long as human beings to be a part of something bigger than who we are. We're made to experience being a part of a whole that is bigger than us. And so it's so deeply enriching, so important for us to experience being part of a whole that is a work group, a family, uh, whatever it is. We're made for that. And when we experience that, we go, oh man, this is why community is so important to us. This is, this is why it's so rich, it's so fulfilling. It's because we as human beings are actually made to experience our wholeness in and of ourselves, but also our partness in the, in the social groups, in the, the social holons that we're a part of. Okay, so this has been all real philosophical and interesting. <laughs> what does this have to do with the church? Well, <clears throat> once we're tracking with this idea of, the, the, of holons, it helps us understand what the church is. The church is, is, is built on this idea of gathering, of coming together, of togetherness. And the, the, the expressions of church are described by this holon idea. And I want to show you a, a chart. This isn't my chart. Um, this chart comes from uh, a man named Derek Morphew, who in the vineyard movement is kind of the prince of the theologians, you might say. And uh, he has a course uh, and a book that's called The Church and Its Leaders, where he's talking about this idea of what is the church. And he gives this, this picture here, which looks kind of like uh, an onion. You know, it's got like uh, all these sort of concentric layers. 
And what he says is all the descriptions of the church fit kind of nested inside one another. So the smallest description is where two or three are gathered, which we're going to look at just a little bit more, a little bit. That is an expression of the church. Um, But that expression of the church um, is also meant to be a part of another expression of the church, a house church, which has uh, multiples of where two or three are gathered. And that house church is supposed to be a part of a local congregation where multiple house size groups are there which is supposed to be part of a church in a a nation or a region or a city, which is supposed to be part of the church throughout the whole world, which is supposed to be part of the church of all ages that has existed for two uh, millennia. Each layer of this is fully the church, and yet each layer is a part of something bigger that is uh, the church. Each layer, what's happening is we're experiencing the saints together, from down to where two or three are gathered, all the way up to the church of all ages, which will gather together for the first time um, as we usher into the, the end of all things and we get to uh, be with the Lord uh, unhindered in any way. Each one of these is the church uh, together, and it is that togetherness um, that, that defines the church. When, when saints come together and we create one of these social holon things that's more than the sum of the parts, that is the church happening. And what's unique and what's fascinating about this is what Jesus says in Matthew 18, verse 20. He's talking with the disciples about uh, preserving relationship, working through disagreements. And he says, he says this, where two or three are gathered in my name. Remember, what does that word church mean? It means gathering. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. This is what's unique and fascinating and beautiful is that when, when we as saints come together and we experience the togetherness that happens as we uh, kind of experience a more than the sum of the parts thing, Jesus joins the gathering. Jesus gets mixed in with the stuff that happens between us. He gets mixed in with the, the culture and the inside jokes and all of that. Jesus is in that mix too. And the same happens as, you know, two or threes gather together as a house. Jesus enters that gathering, joins that gathering, and houses gather as local congregations. Jesus is, enters, he's a part of that gathering. He's, he's part of the more than the sum of the parts, uh, so to speak. Jesus actually joins the saints together in a unique and a beautiful and an important way. And this is the essence of what church is about. It's about the saints coming together and our togetherness opening a new space for Jesus to be with us in a way that is different from the way he's with us individually. He's absolutely with us. He said he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. It's not that we don't have him if we're not gathered. But when we are the saints together, he can be with us in a unique and a special and a beautiful way. And that is what this church thing is all about. Right now, we're in a really unique and strange time. 
We're, we're probably used to gathering together as a, a local church community where we can all come together and we can um, sing together and learn together and pray for one another and, uh, and all of that. And, and we are not going to be able to experience that physically for a while. Now, we're going to do everything that we can to, to do things like this, to, to continue to um, gather together digitally and virtually, to continue to share our journey together. And, and I want to encourage you, it's so important to, to be intentional to participate in um, the, the local church layer to the best that we can in this unique time and place. But the fact is, is that much of the togetherness that we're going to experience is probably going to need to shift in this time to togetherness that we're intentionally cultivating in our twos and threes or in our uh, house-sized gatherings. And, and I'm not necessarily talking about in person because I, this situation is changing every 12 hours. I don't know how long any level of gathering is going to be uh, permissible. But what I do know is this. We have so many unique ways that we can stay in connection and relationship, even if we can't be in the same room together. And those unique ways are ways we can preserve relationship amongst two or three of us, or amongst you know, 12 of us, or, or whatever it is. And I wanna urge you, be proactive, to, to be intentional, to cultivate those individual relationships. Don't let the togetherness of the saints that we can create in this time uh, fade away. You know what I think would be part of the, the strategy of the enemy in this time would be to make church about content, to reduce church to a Christian version of Netflix or Christian version of Disney Plus, which I'm sure their subscriptions are skyrocketing right now, I would bet, right? And, and, and we kind of locally can, can do some of that stuff, stuff like this. This is a, this is a content-oriented thing. And when we can do some things. We can online chat, and, and that's beautiful. We should do that. But we, we need to make sure that we also preserve the togetherness. And so I want to just encourage you, be creative with what that looks like. You know, start a text thread with a, um, a home group. Um, you know, start group Skyping together, you know, at a regular time. I don't know what it looks like, and, and I can't tell you who your group is supposed to be and how that's supposed to work. But what I do know is, if we are intentional, we can continue to be the church together, even in this unique time. But it's going to take all of us. Last weekend, um, as we were heading into our first online-only uh, gathering, I just found my heart really um, uh, feeling moved for the people that I didn't know if they were going to be able to experience church together with other people at all. And so my wife and I talked, and we decided to reach out to, to a bunch of people that we didn't know weren't going to be alone <laughs> during the weekend service time. We said, you know what, let's, let's do something together. We, we don't want to do church alone. And so we got, you know, I think about 10 of us, and we gathered together, and we worshiped our guts out, and we prayed for each other, and it was amazing. And, and that was okay last weekend. I have no idea if that's going to be okay this weekend or in the future. So I'm not saying to personally gather, but what I'm saying is that heart posture of who are the people that I'm going to choose to cultivate relationship with in this time? And let's all purposefully be doing that. 
Because that's what keeps us as the saints together. Even if we can't gather in any capacity, we can get creative. We can do this thing together still. And that, us together, the saints together, with Jesus among us in the midst, that's what's going to be the strength, the stabilizing factor in these unseen and unprecedented times. We're going to get through this together by we getting through it together, by us remaining to be the saint or remaining the saints together, continuing to fight for that connection. We can do it. We can all do it together. And so we're going to take a little bit of time here, and this is a little bit of a different way that we're going to do ministry than how we've done in the past. But, you know, we're all here, we're, it's, it's now, it's, it's, it's the, you know, the, the weekend block that we've, we've allocated. Let's cultivate a little bit of that uh, saints together right here, right now. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take uh, about, about five minutes and, and we're going to actually put these instructions up and like put a slide with a timer. So you've got the time. You're not going to miss worship, which is coming up next. Okay, trust me, I want to worship too. But we're going to take five minutes. In the beginning, I'm just going to ask this. Take 30 seconds and ask the Lord to bring someone to mind from our church community that you could reach out to right now, that you can call, that you can text, that you can uh, direct message or however reaching out works uh, for your uh, stage of life right now. We're going to do that. And I want to encourage you, take take just these five minutes and reach out to them. Shoot them a text and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Um, How can I be praying for you right now? Um, how are you doing? Are you, are you fearful? Are you, uh, are you concerned? Do, do you need any help? How can I pray for you right now? And I want to encourage you, text, call, reach out however you can for these, these next five minutes. And if you get through to them, just take the five minutes to talk and to pray. Um, or text back and forth, message back and forth and pray. If you don't get through, then just take these five minutes and pray for them and see if they circle back to you later Make a point to connect later in the week. But let's all just take these five minutes right here, right now, and on purpose, be the saints together.
hides in glory. The one who's seated high, to the one who burns in my heart. The one who's by my side, to the one who shattered darkness. The one who breaks all fear, to the one who brings me closer. The one who's always near. In you, you are. Thanks for participating in that. I know that was a little bit different, not uh, the way we're always uh, gathering at church, but that's what we're going to have to do. We're just going to have to be creative and figure out how can we uh, keep these relationships, these connections alive, and Jesus among us in the beautiful way that he wants to be. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Life Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.